Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and thank you for your divine appointment with your people to come spend time with you, to commune with you and fellowship with you. All the things that we get as benefits from this covenant that we have with you, Lord. And we want you to speak to us. We want your presence. We want your instruction. We want your blessing. You, we want your direction on everything that we do. So we thank you. We honor you for what you're doing in our midst right now. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So yesterday we were talking about overcoming the staggering voice of unbelief or the voice of staggering unbelief. And I think in all honesty, we all have to admit we're very similar to Abraham. If we weren't, he wouldn't be in the Bible as an example for us. He's an example of not somebody who started out in perfect faith, but somebody who started out like you and me, just with a voice that's speaking to us or a, a testimony that rings in our remembrance, uh, some, some way that God is contacting us uh, so that we can follow him. He wants us to follow him into a better life, into an excellent life, into a good life a more perfect way of living, uh, a, a holy way of living. Uh, and, and he provides everything that we need. You don't have to bring nothing to the party but you. You understand? Just bring your yes and amen. Uh, bring your whatever you say, God, attitude. Uh, humble yourself and be open to learn. Amen. There are some things that we yet do not know. Amen. Amen. The most successful people listen. Amen. Because they are accustomed to getting information from any and everywhere. Amen. So if we want success, we have to listen for the voice, the instruction of God. And we have to be honest about uh, what we're thinking and how we feel and and where we're positioned. Don't ever be embarrassed about telling God or, or anybody that he sends to speak on his behalf. Uh, just how you think and just how you feel, you know, be, be open to confession. Amen. Uh, you know, and I'm talking about an honest confession. I ain't talk about y'all Catholic stuff. Nothing against Catholics, but they got a weird little system. Amen. For, for cleansing your soul. I mean, come on now. You go in there. Most everybody lying in there anyway. Ain't been in there eight or ten months. I mean, seriously, you go that long without doing anything wrong? Not a bad thought? Not a, you, you understand what I'm saying? And so, uh, and, and I'm sure the intention when they set up the system, they were well-intentioned. <laughs> but they were dealing with people who weren't saved for the most part. Amen. But once you're saved, you go into that secret place between you. You got a confessional inside of you. Hey! Go in there and tell it all. Amen. That's right. That's what you do. Amen. You don't, you don't need all of that stuff. And so, and God wants to hear from us. Amen. The good, the bad, the ugly, the unbelief, the, the bad confession, the, you know, I'm, I'm faking it, God. I, I didn't know I was faking it. I didn't think I was faking it, but. <laughs> staring me right in the face. I see these big neon letters that says, faker. <laughs> Amen. So God help me be for real. 
you know, let, let's get down to where I live because I want this. This is important to me. I want to go forward in you. I want to be successful in you. I want to do the ministry that you've ordained for me to do. And I want to have enough finances to do the things that I desire to do. Not just for, for myself, but for you as well. You know, you gotta, gotta include God on everything, folks. Sometimes that's a missing ingredient. You know, we're, we're expecting, you know, enough finances to come in for little stuff we want, but God's expecting us to be able to sow more so we can have more and with more ease. Then wouldn't you like stuff laid up waiting for you instead of pulling your brains out every time you gotta pay a bill? And he wants us to live like that. That's how Abraham lived. Amen. And so he was our example yesterday when we started. We talked much about him. We'll, we'll finish up some. I don't know how far we'll get, but we'll get as far, we'll get as far as God allows today. Amen. Amen. So, so we want to continue talking about how Abraham initially staggered at the promise of God, just like we do. Amen. Uh, many times we, uh, when God speaks something to our hearts, it, it will kind of disturb some things. You know, the Bible says the voice of the, of God shakes the earth. Amen. Shakes heaven too. But it, it definitely will shake your little being. Amen. And, and so there are many times when, when that voice kind of disturbs us in what he says to us, you know, uh, some things are too, too, um, wonderful, too big, too, too, um, you know, they're just beyond, beyond. Amen. So, so in it, it, it is, it's, it's like your, your brain kind of, kind of it dances in your head and you're trying to say yes and you're trying to, you, you understand what I'm saying? It, some things just do make us stagger. Amen. Because he makes us stagger. I mean the real God, folks. I'm not talking about some play idea we have about who God is, but I'm talking about God for real. You know? When, when, um, I got a prophecy that I was called to the ministry and I used to think about some conversations I had had with God and I would say, God, I don't feel like I can go back to doing what I used to do. You know, after I got saved and I was a new, new believer, I don't know, I might have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, maybe not, but, uh, I was a, a relatively new believer and it just always hit me. You're on your way to heaven now, and God lives inside of you. Jesus lives in you. You can't do what you used to do. And and then I found out that was the voice of, the, it was an awareness on the inside of me that God had called me to do something different. And I remember having dreams about God when I was a kid. And I, I remember, I think I told one of my sisters, I said, you know what? When I grow up, I'm going to do something really, really important, and God's going to be in it. And they like, you know, like the Joseph thing. Okay, let's strip the coat off of this one and <laughs> throw her, throw her off, you know what I'm saying, throw her off the bridge somewhere, you know, because it, other people will have the same reaction too. See, they marvel at the vision of God for a human being. 
But it's normal for God to think like this about us. Amen. It's normal for him to think great things about us because he's the great God that's going to enable us to do it all. Amen. And we're to have dominion over the earth. We're to rule things for him and and do it right this time and not mess it up. And so your mind that usually messes everything up comes into conflict with the mind of God. And you stutter and you tremble and you stagger. And so God has to have a way of bringing us into one with him, into his mind, into his thoughts, into his understanding, cooperate with him, accept what it is that he has planned for us. And that's what this whole business of coming to church, reading the word, you know, the things we go through as Christians, there's a point to it. And the point is to get you where God wants you to be in the earth for his glory. Amen. Uh, Forget about just what you want. Amen. You've got to get beyond. God is beyond. You got to get beyond. Amen. We need to live beyond because that's how things change in the world. Everybody wants to be a, I'm a world, you're a world changer. Yeah, right. You got to change your closet first. (laughs) change the world you know if we're not changed we're not changing anything so we have to change first and we have to change to the point where we don't stagger through unbelief we've got to allow the word of god to sink in you got allowed to minister to you you got to allow that word to get more life in it to be more real, all of that. You've got to get to that point. And only God can get you there. So we talked about uh, in Genesis chapter 17, I think it was, <clears throat> we'll go back there, when Abraham was first told, well, this wasn't the first time. He's been told over and over and over again. And that's one of the things that you will find about God's plan for you. It never changes. He doesn't care how much you think you can't do something. Amen. He care less about that. He's never cared that any of his servants felt inadequate. He knew they would, but he's got a plan for it. See, he is your adequate. Amen. You're never going to be adequate without him. Which means that you got to understand that, that he has to be involved and he has to be the author of it. He has to, to, uh, guide you, inform you, bail you out, help you, come to your rescue. He'll do all of that. I don't know why people think that mistakes that they, they make disqualify them for God's service. Huh? If that were true, you never could have got saved. Huh? But if he saved you, he knows he's got to help you to stay saved, to walk with him, to do all the things that are needed. He knows he's got to help you do that. So once he puts us into eternal life, then he becomes the author and the finisher of everything. He starts it, he finishes it. He never leaves anything undone. Whatever he starts, he completes. 
And whatever he does, it lasts forever. Amen. He, he builds things with eternity in mind. Amen. He's not like the automobile companies. They build cars for the aftermarket. Huh? Yeah, we, we, if we get, uh, uh, 10,000 good miles on these tires, that's good enough. Huh? They can buy some more after that. They can always get replacement parts. Well, God is not in the replacement part business necessarily. He's in the restoration business to get you back to where he first created us. There's a big difference. Amen. A big difference. You see some of these people that uh, restore houses and they'll tell you the hardest thing is finding the original parts that the house was built with because people have thrown them away over the years. Amen. Well, God's a creative God. He don't care if your, your liver wears out or your lungs wear out or what wears out. He's got more for you. He made them to last forever. All he has to do is one touch with his word and the anointing. And that thing comes back to life again. Amen. He's, he's, he's a God who completes everything that he he begins and we can hold him to that no god i know i didn't live right who did if we could quit having that conversation we get somewhere amen people feel condemned you know they took drugs they you know smoked dope they did this they did that slept around whatever it was and they feel like, well, God, I know I did so-and-so. And I said, what you talking about? Because he forgave that so long ago. Now, if you're letting the devil condemn you and keep your faith at a distance, you know, remembering your past sins does nothing but keep your faith at a distance. It keeps unbelief in the picture. It's like the devil says, no, you can't have that. Take this doubt and walk with that. And don't grab your faith again. I'll slap you silly for grabbing your faith. Amen. That's what he does. He keeps us out of the promises by dredging up old past stuff. Trying to get you to repeat it again. You keep focusing on that pretty soon. You feel like a failure. Give up and go, oh, well, I might as well. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm good for anyway. He likes that kind of stuff. Huh? He does. Quit doing it. You have the authority and the power. You can change the way you think about yourself anytime you want to. Amen? Get in the word. Look at what God says. You mean to tell me God gave me all this? I got the same thing Abraham had? Huh? Look at all this stuff. And then fertility even into our old age. Amen. Mr. Dillard, your wife is amening that up here. (laughs) I'm scared of him. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) See, y'all blowing my example. I was going to say, I said, most people when they've had their children and the children are grown, they say, oh, don't talk to me about just like Abraham did. Amen staggering amen <laughs> praise god well good for y'all too i'm scared of y'all anywho we just move right on 
<laughs> Praise God. But it's good to keep your faith in things. You understand what I'm saying? Because so much more is hinging on you stand in belief in God for the miraculous, for the supernatural, for the impossible. We need to believe him for the impossible. Because if it's humanly possible, you're not going to go to God for it. You're going to keep doing it your way and never really experience the fullness of what God has for us. So um, in uh, Genesis 17, that's where we were yesterday. And we talked about uh, uh, the how Abraham got from being a staggering, uh, bumbling, <laughs> mistake-ridden person, amen, living by his wits, being slick, amen, as they say in the street, two bits slick, amen. That's that was him, and but God bailed him out of every difficulty he ever got into. Why? Because God promised. What God promises, He intends to perform, folks. So if you get in trouble trying to make it happen yourself, He'll get you out of trouble. See, that ought to make the room happy. <laughs> Sometimes we're running from God and he bails us out. Amen. Slam doors in your face. So many doors slam so fast. Well, I don't understand why it ain't for you to go in there. Amen. That's not your door. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And he says here, it, when in this is in verse 17, verse 1, Abram's 99 years old. His name is not changed yet to Abraham. After he makes covenant with God, God changes his name. Amen. So he says, walk before me and be perfect, which means if you walk with me, I am your perfection. It's not you straighten up so you can come to my house. It means come to me just like you are and I'll become your perfection. Amen. And so once that's established, he wants to, he wants Abraham to have more continual contact with him. There has to be an agreement between them for that to happen. And it happens through covenant. Amen. Part of the covenant, we, we studied this over, over years ago, but you know, it basically, uh, two people decide that they want to support and encourage each other in life. The lesser is always blessed by the better. So the one who is the weakest gets the fat end of the deal. That's you and that's me. The little bit of obedience that oftentimes we are required to do is just have faith in God. Continue to walk in faith in God. Don't lose your connection with God. Worship Him. All of the things, it's, it, it, after a while, it comes automatic when you yield to your spirit, man. So it's not that hard. You know, people who tell you, oh, it's hard. This, you ain't doing it the right way. My Bible says his yoke is easy and his burden is, so it ain't hard. Huh? What's hard is fighting all of that coming at you every day. Amen. And so, so he, he tells, he tells, Abraham, he said, I'm going to make a covenant with you. It's everlasting. It's going to go not just to you, but all your descendants after you throughout eternity. 
And that's really what a blood covenant entails. When blood is shed, it means everlasting, a life for life through many generations, through through uh, your children and your grandchildren will be in covenant with my children and my grandchildren. Amen. And one of the terms of the covenant was to change the person's name. Now, in in man-to-man covenants, often what they did is they were able to use the person's name. Um, uh, the the scientist um, Stanley, who got what they thought he was lost in the Amazon, not the Amazon, over in the Congo in Africa, many many years at the turn of the the last century. Um, uh, uh, no, Livingston was the the guy. It was Doctor Livingston, and he was a missionary doctor. And he went from one, he was gone so long, they thought surely he must be dead. But they had heard reports that people had seen him different places. So they were trying to figure out which, if he was or not. And this guy named Stanley, who was a reporter over in England somewhere, decided he would get a people, bunch of people together and go and look for him. And so when when he finally caught up with him, he found that he had traveled from one one tribe to the next tribe to the next tribe, and they couldn't figure out how he did it. They said, for you to go from one place to another, somebody should have killed you by now because you had no safe passage from one tribe to another. And they showed him a copper rod that he had obtained from this one chief who everybody was scared of, and he got to use his name and had evidence token of their covenant. So when you have covenant with somebody, you get a name exchange. When I got married, I was Mrs. Williams. You got a token, and that was my wedding ring, which I I wear now, amen, not on the wedding side, amen, my husband's passed away, amen, and, and look for an upgrade. <laughs> I just put that in there. God didn't say that, but... Am I right, Poppy? <laughs> See? <laughs> you tell them that. Say, baby, wait a minute now. It's, it's okay for a starter, but we got to get upgraded. Get my upgrade. Get to working on it. Huh? Get the side hustle going. <laughs> oh, you know I got to do that, Poppy. Don't deny me. Thank you. I've been a good girl all day. I just, that was just my first diversion. But, um, uh, but yeah, so that becomes a token of your pledge to commit to this person all the vows until you die. Amen. And so, but God's covenant goes beyond death. It's everlasting. So it goes to your children, your grandchildren, your children, children. You can begin to declare over their lives now and they're not even born yet. Amen. Because you have an everlasting covenant. Amen. So what's the token of our covenant with God? It's circumcision of the heart. See, all of those things that Abraham had in the natural, we get it now in the spirit. Amen. And so when we, we're in the fullness of it now. So God does not just given us, give, give, has given us a token of his everlasting life and his everlasting love. He's paid full price. Amen. See, when, when the two people would cut covenant, they would spill their blood, 
each person cut their hand. They usually did the palm of the hand. They say wrist, but palm of the hand. Palm of the hand so that blood pools in the palm of your hand. Both people cut themselves. And then they would do a bloody handshake. So that handshake means covenant too. It means agreement. When you shake somebody's hand, that's not a slight thing. That means I'm your friend. Amen. And and I can't disappoint you in this friendship. But when man did it, the blood that was spilt, nobody ever gave their whole life in a man-to-man covenant. Only God does that. Amen. So we don't only have a token down payment of the things that God wants us to have. Jesus paid full price. So it's all totally paid for now. So there's no no undone things yet in our covenant. Amen. So if God breaks covenant with us or any of his creation, that, that spill life means that he will take his own life before he won't heal you. Before he won't bless you, prosper you, save your children, save your grandchildren. Amen. Heal your, your friends that you pray for. All of that stuff. It means he will take his, he stakes his life that has already been given in the person of his son in exchange for us. So we live eternally in advance already. We're in eternal life already. Which means anything that's not eternal life or like it has to leave us. It's got to exit your life. Because his life is in you now. So you have a right to everything that that Jesus has possession of right now. Amen. We're not in a down payment situation and waiting for the rest of it to come in the sweet by and by. We're in the fullness of it right now. Amen. And so God wants us to live like that in the fullness of the things he has for us. So God then changes Abram's name to Abraham, which is Yahweh in him, in him, in Yahweh. They have a covenant agreement. So whenever they spoke Abraham's name from then on, they invoked God over his life. So whenever Abraham spoke Abraham, he called God to come to him. See? And when his people, friends, he is called, he said, oh, no, that's not my name anymore. Have you heard? My name is, I'm Abraham. I belong to God. And that would invoke the presence of God in his life whenever they call that. Amen? Same thing with Sarah. God was at the end of her name. And in the beginning of her life. Amen. So she came in a covenant. She had, she had the promise from God that she would be the mother of many nations with her husband, Abraham. No more substitutes. No more second guess. No more helping God. So when you have God in the middle of your name <laughs> and you got him showing up all the time, you walk before him and you're perfect. Amen. Abraham had asked God when when he found out that before Ishmael was born, when Abraham found out that that God was was still wanted to bless him and give him children, he said, "Wait a minute." He said, "Hold the phone. I've been at this for a while now, and we don't have no kid yet. What you gonna do?" Then he said, God, you talking big, you promising everything. How am I going to know that's true? 
Now, see, we think that's brazen and bold and, you know, we don't like that. And we wouldn't admit we sounded like that because we shouldn't because we got a better covenant based on better promises. But that desire to know is still in us. How am I going to know that? And how did God give Abraham a knowing? And somebody put you to sleep, that don't make you know nothing. That make you not know a lot. <laughs> Every people come to you and you tell them, say, man, you got drunk last night and you cut up. And I don't remember that. I, 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 you get amnesia real quick. I went to sleep. I didn't know. I didn't know I did all that. No, it's in, in chapter 15. He said, how will I know that? And he cut those animals apart and walked through the blood. So it's the blood that gives you the knowing. Amen. See, all of these pieces to the covenant are important. Amen. The vows and the words tell you what you can receive. That's the 66 books of the Bible. The blood and the spirit agree. They're witnesses down here on earth. And the blood speaks better. The blood speaks an upgrade. The blood speaks not only Abram, but Abraham, father of many, increase, upgrade. The blood did all that. Amen. Before he was Abram, now he's Abraham. That's an upgrade. The blood did that for him. When that blood sheds, that means it's unlimited. The sky's the limit and beyond. Our God is beyond the sky. And so when you think covenant, you think, man, I got the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but you got the blood too. That blood's your oath. That's where it's sworn, where God could swear by no higher. He swears by himself. He will take his own life before he would not heal you. He's not going to renege on any promise, folks. That's what that blood really means. And see, we're scared to think like that. There we go, staggering again. But it's the truth. Why you think Jesus died on that bloody cross for us? He took our place so that the covenant covenant could come alive for us. It was just a promise before. Now the oath, because his blood was shed, the oath has been sworn. The oath has been acted out. The oath makes it ratified. Now you can take it to the bank, cash the check, and spend the money. Amen. The blood does that. It speaks upgrade. Not only are you going to get, always look for the upgrade, folks. I do. Develop your faith for that. But no, I'm just, you know, you ain't just nothing. God ain't just nothing. Look for the upgrade. Look for the exceeding abundantly. Look for something that's going to blow your mind beyond what you can ask or think. Start expecting it. Yeah, you have to. Because the God in you is telling you to do it. The blood is telling you better things. Amen? It's telling you much better things. And I'm not talking about things that tickle your flesh, but I'm talking about things where God will show you. He'll point out to you, look what I gave you. Look at this. <laughs> look at this over here. Huh? And I ain't done yet. Ow! I like this God. <laughs> 
He's never done. Amen. Never done. So, so chapter 17 of Genesis, we see Abraham being reassured by God about him having a son. And he tells him, no, not Ishmael. It's, it's a child. You, Ishmael was not promised to him. Huh? Now, if you have something that's not promised to you, you can negotiate for it. That's what he did. He negotiated a life for Ishmael, but not in the same house. Huh? Listen, God, God does stuff holy, folks. Come on now. It's gotta be holy, his idea, holy on his terms, holy the way he wants it to be. And out of his mouth, the way he promised it, he don't need our help with anything. And that's what he was stressing to Abraham. He said, from now on, don't help me. I don't need it. I'm God. I know what I'm doing. And I'm God all by myself. Amen. Don't need our help. He needs our amen. He just needs us to open the door to let it come in your life. Amen. That's all he needs from us. And say, yes, Lord. Yes and amen. I'll do it, Lord. Absolutely. You, I'm your girl. <laughs> you want somebody all up in that? That's me. Call me. You, you understand what I'm saying? And, and so he just needs our cooperation and really us to let down our resistance and our unbelief and start learning about him, getting that word more. Worship him more. Get understanding where you're going. Start obeying. Meditate on something until you feel like you got to obey it. Amen. I got to do this today, Lord. I, I see what I'm, I see where I'm going now. Amen. And so he promises Abraham it's going to be him and Sarah. Abraham in verse 17 laughed. 17, 17. Abraham laughs. He's considering this funny. Amen. Don't. Don't condemn him. You've done worse. I have too. Amen. And he says, a hundred years old shall a child be born. And Sarah, putting down his old lady again. You understand what I'm saying? He's going to learn how to respect her. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So Abram said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. In other words, it's too hard for me to believe you, God. Now, don't act like you ain't never thought like that. You don't live there and you ain't been there. God can be expecting us to do the same thing, believe him for the same thing that we he just did for us. And then we said, oh, here we go again. Oh, it's going to take forever. Oh, you ain't doing nothing else. Just stop the O's and the ahs. And just understand that God is going to be the power in what you do. Always. He empowers us to do it. If the faith ain't there, stay in the word until the faith shows up. Amen. But when the faith shows up, move. And don't delay. Just move out in faith and quit looking for 55 confirmations and you know, 15 people to tell you is, is okay and, you know, fishing around. Quit fishing around. Amen. 
Stay with God. He's the one who can help you. Your friends will talk you out of it just for the sake of talking. And God will let them teach you not to go fishing. Amen. Fish in his pond. Amen. So Abraham circumcised everybody in the house. This is what brought a, a, a closure to it. This is was the capper. Is Abraham, God shed blood toward Abraham when he put him to sleep. So you were right. Whoever said that first part was right. Amen. But also there was bloodshed. That's the important part. Amen. The part that Abraham was asleep had to do with the fact that he did not set the terms of the covenant because he had no awareness of what God was doing. He had to accept it. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like what we do? You don't have no say-so in this covenant except to what What do I do? What's my end, God? You don't get to set the terms. You don't get to tell God, well, God, you know, I really don't think that's what you're telling me to do right there. I don't think that's going to work. I think we ought to go like this right here. See, it even sounds crazy to us because we have no place setting terms. The terms are already set. All you got to do is what they say when you, uh, them little funny meals they be mailing to you. Just heat and enjoy. Amen. We just get to enjoy. Amen. Oh, funny food. Don't be halfway looking right. You know what I'm saying? Little peas. You got to chase them around the plate and stuff. Now, I never bought one, but I just, I know what they do with the, uh, the frozen food people. Amen. Let me get off that. I've been got on funny food people again. Amen. But we just enjoy. Can you enjoy? I can enjoy. God, you mean I can enjoy? I don't have to work hard. I don't have to slave. I don't have to worry. I don't have to. I can just enjoy. That's what he wants us to do. Jesus said, I gave you all these. I'll tell you to, to ask for anything so your joy would be full. Christians act like it's a crime to enjoy something. Huh? Not in the flesh. I mean, don't get into coveting, but, you know, the things that God's laid up for you, that's more than enough. If you tap into half of what God has for you, you don't have to worry about wanting what nobody else has. Amen? You you got a full plate already. So, I'm going to read from my notes a little bit so I can catch us up. So, so okay, so we got Abraham cuts the covenant. He puts everybody in the household under covenant, including Ishmael. Amen. Because God says, I'm going to provide for Ishmael too, but I don't need your help telling me what I'm going to do with him. You got me? So put him and his mama out. Oh, Barb, that's so cold-blooded. You mean you're going to live with two women? You, you one man, you go, you, you ought to be ashamed of yourself to even think like that. My right, Poppy? Calling yourself a son of God. You don't even think like that. Shame on you. Put him out. God didn't invite him in there anyway. God takes care of kids outside of where they real Everybody got biological somebody. I never heard that word until we got like over in the 1990s. 
You know, it was either your daddy or wasn't your daddy. Now we got biological. Can't even spell it. Blended. You know, it's... Everybody say strange things. Yeah, strange things. You know, man, pick up a term, adopt a term to fix anything. That don't mean it's fixed in God's eyes. You got to go to God with that petition. God said, put them out. He said, I provided for Ishmael like you requested, but he ain't going to stay in there. Too much trouble up in there. Because you're going to want his mama in there and you're going to want Sarah. I'm, I'm not having it. I'm not having it, Abraham. We stopping all of this. We live in holy. Who's to say that wasn't still going on even after 13 years? Oh, it's, I'm going across the street to the Y. Y'all said, oh, Pastor Barr, that's so hard for me to think about even. I just, it just hurts me. What's the truth? That's why God said put them out so you won't be tempted. Let me, let me find some real people to go talk to. I lost my place in my Bible. Get ready to rip some pages out. Huh? God keep things holy. He said, walk before me and be perfect like I'm perfect. Be holy like I'm holy. Think like I think. The only way you're going to get this, Abraham, is think like I think. You can't have two women in that house at one time and be like me. Somebody got it. That's right. You got new rules. You my son. You got my name. So let's act like it. So here we go. He's he he gets he he nails down the terms of how he's got to live before God now. Walk before me and be perfect. Every time you say your new name, I show up. And that's about under the old covenant. That's about close as you can get. You know, in fact, the old covenant was being established in Abraham as he walked. Man. And so when when God says one wife, he means one wife for life. When he says um, I will be your God and I will take care of you and your descendants and I'm going to increase them and multiply. That's got to be on God's terms, you know. And so he said, but he said, Isaac is the one that I have chosen to bring this promise through, not somebody else. Amen. Only Isaac. And so when he establishes Isaac as the chosen son and the promised seed, then, then, uh, Abraham and Sarah then are able to see that God is capable of doing everything he said he was going to do. So here, here um, uh, um, we stagger because the natural is bigger than God in our eyes. So you got to understand that. One of the reasons we stagger 
is because the natural is bigger than God in our eyes because that's all we're familiar with. You know, I mean up close and personal. When God speaks to us, it may be unlike any voice we may have heard. So we must learn to trust his word as well as his voice. So the word and the spirit must agree. So you can't go by somebody always giving you a prophecy to be led. You got to have something in your inside of you to witness that. Amen. You can't get carried away with one way. Some people like dreams. Oh, I have dreams. I say, I got the Bible. Hey, that's a more sure word of prophecy. Try to mess with me like that. They usually go away real quick. I don't, I don't shout though. I just tell them I got the Bible. Figure it out. They go, oh, I know, but I got, no, honey, I got the Bible. I'm impressed with yoga dreams. You go interpret them. It's your dream. Don't be telling me about it. If my face didn't pop up in it, I don't, (laughs) what business is it of mine? Amen. So the Bible helps with this process. Amen. Of understanding God's voice. So we have an echo effect when we read the word. You get the Holy Spirit giving you peace about it. This is for you, accept it. Then you have the blood that speaks to you and gives you two witnesses on the inside of you. So you have strong consolation when you read the word. So really, you can read the word and get two witnesses within you that that word is true. You don't need to have another human being confirming everything. You, My goodness, how will we get anywhere in God? Now, God confirms his word with signs following oftentimes. But you don't need two and three people. Really, one of the things that, that we, we need to do that people don't do as much is that when, when you are ordained or you are uh, called to ministry, God's process is to have that confirmed through the body of Christ. Some elders or somebody who, who can witness that needs to confirm it to you and lay hands on you because you are being accepted as a minister into the body. Now that's one of the few times that, that you'll need another person to say you're called or you're not called. You understand what I'm saying? And if they don't have a witness, maybe God's not talking to them. You understand what? But he will tell you who to go through to get all of this confirmed. Man, read the book of Acts and see how they did things. We still should, you don't call yourself. Amen. And then start passing out words on Facebook to people. Somebody got a, that's in authority that knows something about God has got to see something in you and witness it. And it's not hard to do. Pastors see it all the time. Prophets especially see it a lot. You understand what I'm saying? And God will get you before the right people so that the body can confirm you. Cause you got to minister to the body. Other than that, you'll be running around here trying to get a gathering together all the time. And nobody ever can really receive and accept you. Amen. It's some things have to be confirmed. That's one of them. But as far as you hearing from God, 
you can can let the word minister to you and get strong consolation that something God is saying in his word is for you. It's your personal promise from God. And so well, the Bible helps with this process. It's when you need something from God, stay in the word. Don't go looking outside of the word. If you don't get an answer right away, stay in there till you get it. Or better yet, go away and, and continue to think about what you just read. Call it meditation and begin to just kind of think about it and keep it in your mind. Mull it over. And then one day God will just start talking to you. It'll pop. It'll explode on the inside of you and begin to tell you exactly what it is that you need to know about that thing. Amen. So when we read the word, the inner witness validates and emphasizes what we read. So that's the echo effect. The blood says it's for you. It's yours. The Holy Spirit tells you it's true. It is God speaking to you about you, but the strong consolation comes from the voice of the blood. The witness that speaks from eternity. That's why the voice is so strong. Because this is an eternal voice that's talking to you like in 2021. And it's speaking to you that it's already been here before for you. It's always been here for you. It was here before you got here. It was here before you messed up. It's going to be here after you mess up again. And it speaks that it's yours, period, unconditionally. It'll never change. It belongs to you. So words of unbelief have to be challenged and defeated by words of faith. Thoughts of unbelief have to be challenged by words of faith, meditating on that word. It's about what's true versus what's a lie. A lie is anything that comes from the temporal fallen world. Sickness is a lie. Amen. Poverty is a lie. Um, uh, bad family relationships is a lie. Amen. God promises us good family recon- uh, relationships and reconciled families. Amen. So when we first receive God's word, the problem is bigger. So we stagger. You say things like, whoa, how could this happen? What What do you mean? What, really? So I know God can, but will he do it for me? Do I have enough faith? That's another thing we ask. Why isn't it happened already? What am I doing wrong? Amen. So we go into self-interrogation when we think about the magnitude and the impossibility for us to accomplish what God promises. When really that should be our confirming witness. It's too big for me, God. If it, if you really telling me this, you're going to have to do it. Amen. I need you more to do it. Show me what what's my first step. Your first step is always say yes and amen. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for that. Don't leave it out there in the in the staggering world of unbelief. Always say yes. Whatever it is, embrace it. And if you don't really want it, get it anyhow, give it to me. Amen. Don't sit and pick apart a promise of God because you're staggering. Don't do that in your mind. 
you doom it to failure when you start, when you leave it out there. You got to first embrace it. Say yes to it anyway. Amen. So if you, if you say yes to it, that allows the Holy Spirit to make it more real to you. He can't make it more real to you when it's sitting out there at your doorstep. It's too short. It's too ugly. It's too, no, just bring it in the house. <laughs> park it by the, park it by the door on the, on that welcome mat thing where you wipe your feet up. Just make it stay right there for a minute. <laughs> Till you get more clarity. Okay. Just get used to it for a little while. So, so then after a while, that word echoes inside of us. Amen. Even if you pick it apart and refuse it and say, God, that ain't the way to do it. That's not what I, you know, just picking it apart. Amen. Just, just allow God then after a while, he's going to bring it back to you again. Just like he did Abraham. How many times did he come to him and give him the same promise? Said the same thing to him over and over. He does that with us. Even more so with us. That voice echoes. It's an eternal voice that cannot be silenced. It's stronger than any voice in the universe. You can't shut it up. You can't make it go away and you can't stop it and you can't change it. All you can do is embrace it and say, Lord, just fall on me. If it's going to kill me or crush me, just get it over with right now. Amen. And so, but that word won't go away if God once spoke. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. He won't change his mind about anything. He's holy. He don't have to change his mind. His mind is right about everything all the time. So, the voice of God demands that you hear it. He said, my sheep know my voice. He's going to make that real to you. You're going to know him. He said, and, and we may try to push it aside, but if we desire, but in deep down, we really do desire what the word promises to us. Where, where it settles first is not where it's going to wind up being forever. That word oftentimes will first settle in your flesh. It'll hit your head, you know, and your spirit will bear witness, but your mind likes to play around with it too much. Amen. See, it, God will tell you he's called you to ministry and what he has in mind was a Mother Teresa type kind of thing. And you think you go Joyce Meyer day one. You understand what I'm saying? Come on, y'all. It's your, that's your flesh playing around with that. Servants of God just serve. They don't care what venue they're in. Huh? We don't have to have a venue. Jesus didn't have one. He was on the streets most of the time. He even said that. He said, foxes have dens. And he said, but I'll have a place to lay my head tonight. Now you, you want to talk about religious people running away. Huh? Watch, watch they dust. If it ain't rolling around in, in the green stuff, they don't want to have nothing to do with it. Green or glamour, you know, all of it. They want all that stuff. So many times we're, we're afraid to, to claim what God has for us and own it as ours because we still stagger at the grace, greatness of it or the greatness of the God that promised it to us. 
So we're really staggering because of what God really tell me. God, you really, you, me? So we have to somehow magnify God and diminish the unbelief. The more you magnify God, the bigger he gets, the smaller the problem with you getting what you ask. It it gets smaller. See, the, the problem gets to be like nugget size and God's real big. So when you start magnifying God in your mind, you begin to think about, do you know, God, this is, this is really too awesome for me, but you know, do what Mary did. Amen. Let me, I was, she was going to be my next person to talk about. I didn't get all of Abraham yet. Mary, where you at? Turn to Luke chapter one. Luke. In verse 39. Now, now here, Mary, when she talked to the angel, he, she, she asked him questions. You know, it's okay to ask God. It, it just, this just happens to be an angel was a messenger for her. Amen. It had to come at a certain way, a certain time. Gabriel's not only talking to her, he's got several people on his list. Amen. To, to take the same message to, but he gives them their part. And so it says, um, it, uh, uh, let me think. verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. She asked him, how, how will I, how will I get pregnant without, I don't know a man. In other words, I'm not married. Amen. That's the way they're supposed to do it. Married first. Just a little aside. Amen. Just keep reiterating it. We got young girls here. You understand what I'm saying? So, so you get married first. So Mary had her life in order. Amen. So, so here she said, I don't know a man. And he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and overshadow you. He he overshadowed her, and she conceived Jesus. She's walking around now with a holy person on the inside of her. So she's spirit inborn, or inside of her is the spirit of God. Amen? So she begins to prophesy out of that spirit. Amen. Out of that one time holy encounter, she begins to prophesy. And she told the, the, she, she gave God yes in verse 38. The, the angel explains how this process is going to happen. He said, and besides that, your cousin Elizabeth, who is well stricken in age, here we have more elderly people conceiving babies. Amen. And he says, that in this is the sixth month with her who is called barren for with God, nothing shall be impossible. It's our favorite scripture. Read what's above it and see if you really believe it. We talk about a gas bill. Most of the time he talking about bringing, bringing new life out of no man around. And she conceives a baby. And Mary said, 
Oh, I'm the handmaiden of the Lord. Let, that's all you got to say. That's all he wants is your yes. He don't want you thinking about nothing, trying to figure it out. Just say yes. That's it. She said, let it be unto me according to your word. I don't have to fix this up. I don't have to ask no more questions. It's a done deal. So Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard Mary, the baby in her womb leaped by the Holy Spirit. Now, it was prophesied that John the Baptist would be filled with the Spirit even in the mother's womb. Amen. So this is God's mark on these children to keep them set apart to him. And she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are are you, Elizabeth said this by the Holy Ghost, Blessed are you among women. Hello, rosary. Everybody Catholic got a quickening. Because you skipped over most of them. You just felt them beads and didn't say nothing. Move your lips like you were praying. Cut it out. And she said, what is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For as soon as your voice was heard, that baby leapt in the womb, my womb for joy. And Mary said this, my soul magnifies the Lord. That's how you go from impossible and staggering to uh, full of faith, fully persuaded. This wasn't the first time it happened. She began to magnify God in her soul from the minute that angel spoke to her. That's how she was able to yield to the Holy Spirit overshadowing her. That's how she was able to continue to, to carry this baby full term. It's one thing to conceive. It's the other thing to carry full term and deliver. So you got to continue to magnify God. At any time she could have yielded to pressure. You think she wasn't under pressure? She's engaged to Joseph and he started acting funny. Thinking about skipping town. And an angel had to stop him. Well, anyway. They had to take a long trip. To pay taxes? Suppose he was a tax dodger. Jesus wouldn't have been born in the right place. Do you understand? These were people who had to walk with God and be thou perfect. Same conditions as Abraham. It's always the condition of carrying the promise to its rightful conclusion. You gotta continue to walk with God. You'll be tempted to drop his hand. Think of the embarrassment Mary had to say, you know, telling people God did this to me. Are you kidding me? She did it anyway. Joseph was going to divorce her, you know, put her away and the marriage is off. Mary, my goodness. What's wrong, girl? Huh? Poppy bailed me out. (laughs) Give me a teeny one. He gave me a teeny one. What's wrong, girl? What's wrong with you? Huh? True. She had all the looks everybody else would get. You know, in the society we have now, we're warped, folks. People don't have any standards about anything. It'd be nice if they did. Life would be better for everybody. You understand what I'm saying? When God comes into your life, he starts straightening stuff out. 
And she said, my soul magnifies the Lord. You think that's how you get from staggering to fully persuaded? Abraham, every time he called his new name, God showed up. The presence of God was, was there to help him, remind him, always. Amen? It was always there for him. He's always here for us. Amen? He's always, always got something, always something there to remind me. Sure, that's the Holy Ghost. The blood begins to speak to you. Say, girl, straighten up. That's coming. Don't worry. It's coming. That's the blood telling you. Speaking better things. He speaks to the better promise. He speaks to the better outcome. He speaks to don't quit. He speaks to it's coming. Don't worry about it. It's taken care of from eternity. Don't worry about it. So Mary, she said, my soul. You know what? When your soul magnifies, you walk around thinking about it. You don't have to say nothing to nobody. You don't have to prophesy. You don't have to. You just begin to thank God all day long. God, what are you, what are you doing in my life? What do you have for me? What's up ahead, Lord? I know you got this, Lord. You promised me. You put stripes on your body. You got stripes to show I'm healed. I don't receive this evil report. I don't receive this bad. I don't receive these symptoms. They're not as bad as they're trying to make themselves out to be. Not in light of what you've already done and what you plan, what you have set aside for me. I receive it now, God. Today is my day for my miracle. I'm not putting it off. Today is my day for my miracle. I'm not putting it off another day. Amen. So Abraham begins to reason with God. Amen. He talks to him over and over and over again. His goal was to persuade himself that God was able to do it, to get all the doubt and unbelief out of him. And it culminated in his final visitation from God, and God sets a date and a time for everything. Uh Let God set the date and the time. Don't go fishing. Dates mess people up. You understand what I'm saying? Because the minute you, it sets a time, it's set on you, start taking control. Oh, I've got to have it. No, if that's going to mess your head up, God will not set a date and a time for you. But if it's going to lock you into greater faith, he will. Amen. And God is telling Abram and say, you watch. That's what he said. You watch me. You watch and see if I don't do this. I'm, I'm, I'm so going to do this. I'm going to tell you exactly when. Amen. <laughs> he said it's a date and a time. And he turns back the clock and makes them fertile again. Not only that, but 20, 20 how many years later after Sarah died, Abraham has more. He gets married again. It has, so these promises last forever. They're not just temporary until God gets you to do what he wants you to do. For those of you who think he's like that, they last forever. He puts an everlasting word of promise on the inside. That's how you can get your bills paid every month and on time. Because he puts a sure word you can prophesy over your own life. Keep telling your bills they're paid already. Keep telling your house is fixed. Keep telling your garage is bigger. Keep telling it. 
Amen. Because you have an everlasting word, a sure word of prophecy on the inside of your mouth. If you're talking out of your flesh, it won't happen. So you'll know real soon if it's God or not. But if God put that word on the inside of you, tell it, talk it, talk it to yourself. Talk to God every day. Tell him over and over and over again. God, I thank you I'm healed and I'm not scared to say it. I thank you I'm I'm prosperous and I'm not ashamed to say it. I thank you for making good opportunities for me and my seed and my seed seed. Make great opportunities for my children and grandchildren. I thank you they're going to have the best of everything. And they're going to have Jesus first. Amen. They put him first. Work on the, the first part. Work on making Jesus real to everybody. And watch God do the rest of it. Amen. He'll do exceeding abundantly beyond all we can ask or think. Abraham received many, many benefits from God in the times where he was doubtful, staggering in his faith. What did he do? He would begin to reflect. He would sit out there. You know, that I like that scripture that said um, uh, Ishmael went out into a field to meditate. Not Ishmael, Isaac. I'm sorry. Isaac went out into a field to meditate. Where do you think he got that from? Huh? Poppy, your boys look like you? They sure do. They imitate the father. So Isaac went out just like Abraham did and got answers. He went out into a field and looked up at the stars and said, God, I'm counting my children. You promised me that I'd have that many kids and I'm going to have them all. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Isaac meditated on the field and his wife showed up there. You tell me it ain't real. You meditate on what you want to meditate on. If God's promised to you, he will make it real to you. Our problem is we start looking for it before we even think about it. You wouldn't even know what it looks like. Amen. We pass by a lot of things God wants us to have because don't look like God. Well, I wonder if God would get, yes, take it, drag it home, <laughs> put it in the trunk. You understand what I'm saying? Let's grab it. Don't let it get away. Why you wondering and scratching your head, the cleanup woman and come and took it from you. Amen. Don't do that. Take that stuff home with you. I don't care if you got three of them. Now you got four. Amen. Then you figure it out. Amen. But learn how to receive, folks. When God begins to open up his good treasure to you, learn how. Did you give me five minutes already? Oh, okay. Learn how to receive from God. Amen. He he won't rebuke you for receiving. Amen. But you can you can can suffer loss because you sit and wonder too long. Quit wondering. This is this is something you think you might like, huh? It just if it is if is is it a reasonable facsimile, huh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just take it. Huh? Quit being so picky about stuff. Picky, picky is your flesh. That's a sign your flesh is engaged in something. Cause we love everything God has. His children love everything they have for them. Amen. So 
Abraham had known God in, in certain areas of his life. God caused him to prosper. Everything he set his hand to prospered. God was his defense and his rescue. God <clears throat> uh, promised to give him a son. And, and the first son he had was not with his wife. His wife encouraged him in this. Why? People did it all the time. Just because people do it all the time don't mean it's it's God's promise to you. Learn how to do something different sometimes. I can't go along with everybody's stuff. Amen? Look for God to do things a new way in your life. Amen? All of his past history gave him faith in God in what what he knew, which put it on the level of the possible. Amen? Because he fought for him. Well, Abraham could fight for himself to a certain degree. So that was the possible level. When the blood comes in, that you get an upgrade to the impossible. And you live in the realm of the possibilities that used to be impossible. You have to expand your thinking. You have to expand your your focus on what God wants to do in your life. You've got to have an upgrade in the way that you approach God. Like he told Abraham, walk with me, walk before me, be perfect, sober up, quit thinking like how you can do it yourself. Start getting my word in you more. Start meditating on the fact that I do the impossible. Start reading stories in the Bible about impossible things. That's the easiest way to get it in you. God, you did it for Abraham. You did the impossible for him. It's that's God's calling card. He don't get involved in other. I mean, you know, he's involved, but, but he's already got that planned for you. And you begin to walk in it and do certain steps yourself. But see, when the impossible comes, it's like all hands off. Be careful. Amen. Be be uh wait for my leading. Let me confirm these things. Meet with me on a regular let me know how much you want this, how much you love me, how much you're believing it, how much you're expecting it. These are things we don't do many times. We don't talk to God about our expectations. We're scared to expect, expect something sometimes like, oh, if I expect it, that, <laughs> yeah, it'll scare you. But start expecting it because it's going to show up. Why? Because God means to do the impossible. He can't do it through sinners. He's got to do impossible is reserved for his children, for those that walk before him, take on his likeness that are like him, think like him, talk like him, act like him. When your name gets changed, you're in a new family. You're in the family of the impossibles. Amen. We're the impossible people. Amen. We serve a God that makes the impossible come sit on our door. He don't make it possible for us. It's impossible so he can have control over it. So when you get it, it'll be right. And it won't be all crippled and messed up. And you know what I'm talking about. Like Amazon handled it through the processing. You ever see some of them packages come to your door? I said, oh, my goodness. Oh, the devil had handled it and all messed up. I said, it better not be messed up. 
You know, sure enough, the package will be mangled, but they, the devil know better to tear your stuff up before you get it. Devil, I've been waiting on this. You don't tear up my stuff. Huh? And the same thing with what we believe God for. He makes the impossible come into our lives, folks. It's not possible for us to do these things. And he likes it that way. Amen. He gets the glory that way because he knows what's going to convince us to expect. He wants that to be the beginning of miracles, folks. This ain't the ultimate in the end. This is just getting your toe wet in the water. Amen. And we want to act like it's killing us. Amen. Oh, Ishmael, well, let him live. Please, God, let him live. Why? You're not but trouble. Whatever you want to live in, uh, beside what God has for you is going to be number trouble for you. You might as well go ahead and take the, take the medicine. Amen. Of the word. Get in the word. You know, while we sitting up wondering how long it's going to take, you could have got it already. Amen. Because God de- does intend to give us these things. He is serious about what he going to do. Whether we serious or not. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you for your covenant blessings that go with us everywhere we go. Father, we are a blessed people. You don't go somewhere to be blessed. You're blessed already. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Somebody's thinking about moving or making a change. Yeah, stay where you are. You're blessed. You're the blessing. You don't have to go anywhere to be blessed. Amen. You are the blessing. You're blessed wherever you are. Amen. Don't let anybody convince you to move and come over here because it's better over here. You're going to have this. You're going to have that. You're blessed wherever you are. Understand that. Amen. Maybe God wants you to raise up some new blessings where you are and, and keep you in a place where you can prosper and flourish and have greater blessing right where you are. Amen. Amen. Pray about it a little bit more. See if God's really speaking to you. Amen. Praise God because, you know, you, you've got to keep it straight now. You're blessed wherever you are. So praise God. If you need prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. Praise the Lord.